I'm going to start there at Psalms chapter 61 this morning. Psalms chapter 61, starting at verse 1. Hear my cry, O God, attend unto my prayer. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee, when my heart is overwhelmed. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Now this scripture here tells us that he's crying, O God, attend unto my prayer. Verse 2, from the end of the earth will I cry unto thee, when my heart is overwhelmed. When my heart is overwhelmed. I want to preach this morning on how to overcome being overwhelmed. How to overcome being overwhelmed. Uh, it says there that will I cry unto thee from the end of the earth. Verse 2, from the end of the earth will I cry unto thee when my heart is overwhelmed. In this life, just living life in this world, it's easy to become overwhelmed. And, and I want to define what overwhelmed is. Overwhelmed is defined like in, in 1828 Webster's Dictionary as to overspread or crush beneath something violent and weighty. To be overwhelmed. To overspread or crush beneath something violent and weighty, like waves. And when I thought about that and saw the overwhelmed and a definition of overwhelmed, I'm like, that's it right there. That's life. It's a tidal wave of problems. It's a, life is a tidal wave of financial burdens. Life can be a tidal wave of physical problems. Life can be a tidal wave of emotional problems. And when everything's going right, when you've got your finances straight, you've got your emotional life straight, when you think you've got uh, your health is good, and you might be a young man in here and everything looks good for you, the future's bright and sin. The tidal wave of sins, plural, will overwhelm you. Uh, I love going down to the beach, uh, to, to the ocean. It's so humbling to be at, at, on the beach looking at the ocean and just how, how much water there is. And I love to get out there. I'm not a very strong swimmer, so I'm just asking to get killed is what I'm doing. But I like to get out there and get about a chest high and let the waves come up there. And you're like, okay, I'm going to stand here with this wave. And it just overwhelms you. And there's no way you can stand. When you get out there in the ocean, I don't care if, if you're up here to your knees and the wave comes up, you're done for. You're not going to stand. The most powerful force on this earth is water. Yeah. If you don't believe me, ask those people over in India. 400,000 of them got wiped out by a tsunami. That's just water coming in. 400,000 of them supposedly got killed. That's the estimate they gave. 400 to 500. Half a million people got killed by water just coming in. And that's what the Bible says here that from the end of the earth will I cry to thee when my heart is overwhelmed. We are overwhelmed by tidal wave after tidal wave. And, 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 and it's just like being on the ocean. Just like being in, in, the, in the water where you have one tidal wave come up. And it might be a tidal wave of financial burden. And boom, it washes over you and overwhelms you. And you get your head back out of water. And you think, okay, that's done with. And you know what happens? The next one's right behind it. I don't know we. We have a life event out there, and we'll have, the, uh, we'll have these, like, I call them like a wave board, but they're just kind of, I don't know what, the boogie board or something. You be out there, and I watched my wife, and, and, and I was laughing at her because she got, she got, I mean, she got creamed by this wave. And I was like, I started laughing, huh? and right about that time, I turned to look, and it was over my head. <laughs> Boom, you know, just, that's life. You're watching, some, you're watching your neighbor, and you're like, oh, look at that poor guy over there. He's dealing with so many problems, and you got a wave coming right over your head about to hit you. A wave, you're about to be overwhelmed. And while you might see your friend over there overwhelmed with health problems, you're overwhelmed with financial burdens. Amen. 
or to me, some of the worst is emotional. In this life I've lived, I've cried and shed a lot more tears over emotional burdens than I ever have over physical burdens. Just the tidal wave, just feeling, just feeling overwhelmed. And the, and the crazy thing about it, according to verse 2, is it says, From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee when my heart is overwhelmed. Sometimes it's easy to say, yeah, that poor, my poor neighbor over there, he's dealing with some financial burdens. You can see it in a person's life when they're, they're slow walking or having, going to the hospital. You say, that poor person right there is dealing with health problems. They're overwhelmed with it. But brothers and sisters, here is a, what this verse tells us. Is it's in my heart. And that's some of the worst kind. Because when you see a fellow brother or sister, you see a neighbor that's overwhelmed with maybe some uh, financial problems, you can go over there, you can give them some money. You can have a fundraiser, you can raise some money for a family that's overwhelmed with financial burdens. Or if you see somebody that has some health problems, you can go over there and you can help them and help them get out, maybe mow the lawn, do some things, help them overcome the overwhelming financial burden or emotional burden or uh, physical burden they're dealing with. But when it's in your heart, when it's in your heart, and we're talking about emotional burdens, when it's sin burdens, that's something nobody else can help you with. And what goes on in a man's heart is where he hides everything. The world hides things in their heart, and we don't know what's in the heart. We think we have men figured out, and we don't have them figured out. And one day the heart is revealed to you, and it surprises you. But what's going on here with the psalmist is he, David says he's overwhelmed on the, in the inside of his heart. When my heart is overwhelmed, no one else can see it and no one else can understand it. Those are the worst kind of overwhelmings. When you're being overwhelmed, it might be something emotional. It might be something in your heart that's happening. It is in your heart that's happening. And you're being overwhelmed. And there's nobody, people come up to you and they try to help you out. And they say, well, let, let, let me, let me, let's go out together. Let me take you out to eat. Let's go do this. Let's go do that. And you're like, I don't, I don't want to do that. Being overwhelmed with uh, depression. Being overwhelmed with sadness. Being overwhelmed with all these, these emotions. You can't fix them. Just lickety split. You can't just snap your finger. There's nobody can just give you a $100 bill and say, here's a $100 bill. I'm going to help you with your problem. It don't work that way. Yeah. These heart problems are the worst. They're the worst because nobody can help you and nobody can see it. And honestly, a lot of people don't understand it. Amen. I used to, before I went into, I had, I had some depression in my life. And I didn't know what, I used to say, yeah, I've got depressed. I didn't know what depression was until I really tasted it. And now that I've tasted depression, I don't joke around about it. It's so dark, it's such a dark place to be. And it wasn't that the Lord wasn't taking care of me. It was something going on in my heart and in my mind. And I was over being overwhelmed. And when my heart is overwhelmed, it's like a, a drowning man crying out. A drowning man crying out for help as he's being overwhelmed. Overwhelmed in the heart. There's nothing physical anyone can do for you. And it's the worst place to be. So I want to talk this morning on how to overcome this. How to overcome being overwhelmed. 
And I'm going to show you that this, this verses here, these verses show you how to overcome being overwhelmed. Now, if you've lived in this life longer than uh, very many years at all, you've been overwhelmed at one time or another. You might have been overwhelmed with financial or physical or whatever's happening in your life. And I want to show you, according to the Word of God, how you, can be, how you can get over or overcome being overwhelmed. The first step is you need to cry out. Verse 1. Look at verse 1. The first step to overcoming is to cry to the Lord. Hear my cry, O God. Attend unto my prayer. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. The first step to overcoming being overwhelmed is to cry out to God. It's the very first step. And you got to cry out to the right person. You you can't cry out to the wrong person. David says, I'm not going to cry to my pastor. And David had a high priest. I'm not going to cry out to the high priest. I'm not going to cry out to my wife or to my kids or to my brother. And he had a really good dad. He said, I'm not going to cry out to my dad. The first person David cries out to is unto God. Amen. I'm being overwhelmed. Hear my cry, O God, attending to my prayer from the end of the earth while I cry unto thee. It's like I just said. It's like a man out in the ocean and he gets too far out in the ocean and swept out and the waves are overcoming him and he's being overwhelmed by the waves and he starts crying out for help. Now, I know I read this uh, story. It didn't happen too long ago, and I know I did, I didn't, it wasn't too long ago that I read it, but it's a, it's a good time to remind you about the two teenagers. They were, they were, having a, they were out, out on the beach, and they were swimming, and they, they did just what I said. They got too far out, and when they got too far out, they got swept out by the current, and the current took them out, and they were about to drown, and they were crying out. And, out, and these two teen, teenagers, they were out there in the ocean. They were crying out, and one of them said, I just cried out. He said, I cried out. If you really do have a plan for us, like, come on, just bring something. <laughs> if they're really God, just do something. And there was a captain on a ship that heard them crying from about 200 yards away. And he come, and he found them, And he says, it was kind of surprising we heard them, especially when they were 150 yards away, almost 200 yards away. But it was definitely the scream that we heard, and that's why we were looking around. They could hear screaming. They could hear somebody crying out. And they could hear them crying out, and they drove the ship over, and they found them, and they pulled them. This is what the people, as soon as they were found, this is what the teenager said. The first words that came out of my mouth were, God is real. God is real. And they pulled them up on that boat. The captain of the boat said there were too many coincidences, in my opinion, for this to be a coincidence. I truly believe it was divine intervention. It had nothing to do with me. I was just put there at the right place at the right time, and I did the same thing anyone else would have done. I pulled them aboard. You know what's one of the most amazing things about this story? They were crying out to God. They were crying out to God. And the name of the ship that came and got them, the name of the ship was called Amen. That's a lot of coincidences. A lot of coincidences. But the point is, you might be in your life and you might feel overwhelmed in your life. I don't know what's going on in your life, but all I can tell you is don't cry out to me. Don't cry out to a psychologist. Don't cry out to a doctor. The first person you should cry out to is to God. You're overwhelmed. And there's nothing nobody can do for you. And if you're overwhelmed like David, it's overwhelmed. It's happening in your heart. It's happening in your heart. When your heart fails you, man, you're done. You're done for, man. 
And you can see, I, I like to watch a lot of boxing. I like to watch a lot of MMA. And you can see fighters. You can see it. They have this heart, a heart like a lion. And they'll be fighting and fighting. And, man, and God will be punching them in the face. And I'll be like, man, if that guy punched me one time, I'd fall down and cry like a baby. And they'll be taking punch after punch. And you'll see it. And they'll have that courageous look in their face. And then there'll be something snap. They'll get hit in the liver or something happen. And you'll see it in their eyes that they're overwhelmed. Their heart has failed them. They don't want to fight anymore. And they want to give up. And it don't take long that other fighter will get on them and grab them in the neck and then they'll just tap and they'll tap out real quick. They're overwhelmed. Their hearts gave up on them. Amen. And you might be in here this morning and say, well, I have a strong heart. The Bible says the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked and deceitful and desperately above all things and who can know it? Who can know what your heart? You don't know your heart. You think you know your heart. Your heart will give up on you. And all this stuff's going on in your heart. And your heart might be able to carry you for a little while. But no man can stand till the tidal waves when they're overwhelming you. You might think you stared the first wave. Like, you might be like me. You might turn and laugh at that person that fell down because of being overwhelmed like I did in my wife. And then before, behind you, there's another one. You say, well, Brother Keegan, you know what? I'll, I'll stand up to that one. You might. And here come another one. And when you stand up to that one, here come another one. And as soon as you think you've got figured out all that you can handle any tidal wave of financial burden that might come into your life, here will come a tidal wave of physical burden. Amen. And as soon as you think you've figured out how to, to handle physical burdens, here come emotional burden, tidal wave. It'll eventually get you. Amen. And you know, you're going to need to cry out. And I'm here to, here to tell you that you need to cry out. The Bible says you need to cry out to God. Amen. Not to your pastor, not to your priest. Cry out to God. So many men have come to me and women have come to me and, and talked to me. And, and I appreciate it. And they said, I, I had this, that, and other. And I'm like, good, you need to pray to God about it. Pray to Jesus Christ. I'm not a Catholic priest. I'm not going to absolve you of sins or anything. I can tell you what the Bible says. But my advice always and every time is going to be, have you prayed to Jesus Christ and asked him to forgive you? Have you gone to Jesus Christ? You don't cry out to me. I, I don't mind helping you. I don't mind talking to you about it. I, that's what we're all here for, to help each other. But the first and foremost, have you cried out to God? He's the one that's going to help you. And listen, verse 2 says, From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. It doesn't matter where you're at. The end of the earth. David said, it don't matter where I'm at on the earth. I can cry out to God. That's a beautiful thing. Listen, you might, be in, you might be listening to me this morning. You might say, well, I, I, you might be listening to me on the radio and say, I can't get to church to cry out to God. You don't have to get to church to cry out to God. You say, I might be laying in a hospital bed and I can't even get off this bed. Don't worry about it. Cry out to God where you're at right there. You might be in a bar. You might be driving down the road. Just cry out to God wherever you're at. You can cry out to God any place, anywhere, at any time. I've actually heard of men getting saved in bars. Receiving Jesus Christ at the bar. I've heard of men getting saved in some of the strangest places you can ever... I love hearing stories of conversion. I've heard of men getting saved in a wrestling ring, a professional wrestling ring. I've heard of men getting saved in all kinds of weird places. You can't surprise me, but I know that God's everywhere. All over the earth, in every language. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee when my heart is overwhelmed. I'm thankful we have a God that can hear us from every place and every. I'm thankful we don't serve an idol that we have to get to that image and bow down before some image and say, okay, I finally made it to the image. I'm glad we don't serve a God like that. I'm glad we don't serve a God that only resides in a church building. 
I'm glad we don't serve a God that only sits here and meets you at the prayer altar. I'm glad we, we serve a God that meets us at the, at the bedside, that meets us in the bed, that meets us in the, in the bathroom, that meets us at the kitchen table, that meets us walking around outside when we're just talking to Him, that meets us anywhere, at any place, at any time, in the middle of the night. You can wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning and get down and God will meet you there. He'll hear your cry. This guy on the ship that saved those teenagers said he was 200 yards away. God's not like that. God's always right there with you. And when you cry out, you don't have to worry. Like, I'm crying out. Can God hear me? God can definitely hear you. He wants to hear you. He's listening for you to cry out to him. The second part, of course, the first part is you've got to cry out. You've got to cry out to the right person, which is God. And secondly, it's found in verse 2. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Amen. Lead me. The second part is, he says, lead me. You have to turn it over to God. You've got to turn it over to God. You've got to let him lead. He's got to be a leader. You're a follower. You're not a leader. You're a follower. You've got to turn it over to God and let him lead you. So many people say, well, I'm going to, I'm going to lead my way out of here, and I'm going to lead this way, and I'm going to be a leader, and I'm going to do, let God be the leader. Lead me. Look, when you say he's leading you, it's because you can't lead yourself. That takes humbleness. Mm -hmm. Swallow your pride and say, I can't do it. God, help me. Please lead me. Take over. Turn it over to God. Let the Lord lead you. Don't try to lead yourself. Look, okay, we're sitting right here. Just keep your hand here. Turn to Psalms 23. I'm going to show you something. The most famous, one of my, the most famous chapter in the whole Bible. Psalm 23. I want you to read it with me. I want to point some stuff out about this, about leading. Psalm 23, verse 1. Most, most of y'all don't even have to turn to this chapter. You know it by heart. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me. He leadeth me. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me. He leadeth me. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Are you getting what's going on here? God's leading David. And when David wrote this, he said, he's my shepherd. And what does a shepherd do? It leads the sheep. The sheep don't lead the shepherd. Amen. And though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. What a shepherd does, he takes his rod and he slaps the sheep to make him go where he's supposed to go. He's leading him a certain way. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's a, that's a sheep that's being led. That's a sheep that's being led. You need to turn it over to the Lord. Let him lead you. And stop trying to lead yourself. Are you trying to lead yourself? I've seen these dumb, stupid Dumb, I'm going to say it again. Dumb and stupid bumper stickers that say, God is my co-pilot. What a stupid, moronic thing to say. God is my co-pilot. God's not your co-pilot, brother and sister. God is the pilot. You're sitting at the back. Stop trying to, try, stop trying to say, Lord, get in, and I'm going to drive us where, we want, where I want us to go, Lord. I want to show you a good time. Yeah, you're going to show the Lord a good time. You're going to show him what hell's like. 
and what living in the world's like. Why don't you, for once in your life, say, Lord, you know what? I'm going to step out of the car. I'm going to let you drive, and I'm going to sit over here, and I want you to show me where I'm supposed to be going. And I want you to take me to the places I'm supposed to go. I want you to lead me. I'm going to stop leading myself, and I'm for sure going to stop leading you. You say, Brother Keegan, I'm just living my life. I'm not leading the Lord. If you're a born-again Christian, the Lord's living in you, and where you go, He goes. And I'm going to tell you something about that. He doesn't like that sometimes. I bet He doesn't like what you're watching on TV, on the Internet, on your phone. He don't like what you're reading on the Internet on the phone, in magazines. He don't, want, he don't like what you're listening to on the radio, on the internet. Can you imagine uh, if we could just have the Lord sitting outside of our body, we could look at the expression on His face when we're watching what we're watching and listening to what we're listening The grieving of the Holy Spirit that takes place as we try to lead the Lord into all these pits of hell that we're going into in this world. Why don't we stop and think, you know what, Lord, I'm being overwhelmed. I'm going to let you lead. I'm going to let you lead. George Washington Carver, he was a famous black scientist. He was before the Senate, he was trying to talk him into spending money on, on peanuts, and he said, uh, he said he got all his knowledge on peanuts from the Bible. And they looked at him, where does the Bible talk about peanuts, they asked him. Where does the Bible talk about peanuts? And uh, Brother, Brother Washington, because he was a born-again born Christian, Brother Washington Carver said, the Bible does not teach anything regarding the peanut, but it told me about God, and God told me about the peanut. <laughs> I love that brother right there. He didn't tell, the Bible doesn't say nothing about peanuts, but it told me about God, and God told me about peanuts. Amen. That's somebody's led by God. That's somebody's led by God. It don't matter how young or old, you can be led by God. It doesn't matter how young or how old, you can be led by God. I was reading a story just recently. This happened just about like a month ago. This young teenage girl in Mississippi, they put out a, on, her, on her phone, she got one of those, uh, uh, what do they call it, silver fox alerts? <laughs> I don't know what they're called, but the, it's where an elderly person has got dementia, has, has, has disappeared, and they're trying to find him. And she got the report, and she said, you know, if that was my granddad, I'd want to know where he was. So she went out, and after two or three days, they, they bid, did this big search. And she told her mom, she, dad, she goes, i got to go find him. i, I just got to go find him. I feel like God wants me to go find him. And, she, and this is a young teenage girl, and she left the house, and everybody went into the woods looking for this, this poor elderly guy. And she said, I, I felt like I needed to go to a certain house. And she said, I walked over to this house, I looked around, and I went over into the bushes, and there he laid in the mulch in the bushes. She said, nobody, nobody could have seen him from the road. You'd had to walk right into the bushes to see him. He fell right in the middle of the bushes. And she said, by the power of God, I was able to lift him. And she goes, I don't know how, but I got him and lifted him up and carried him out. This is a young teenage girl. Now, I want to read to you what she said about that when she got done with that. She says, once all had been taken care of, the man had been turned to his family. Her name was Katie Claus. Found herself reflecting on the whole ordeal as she lay in bed. The faith-filled youngster quickly realized that the whole thing had the handprint of God all over it. This is what she said. I realized it was just all God. He led me there. I truly believe he made that happen for a reason. With all the stuff that's happened in my life recently, I feel like he has a plan for me. And I don't know what it is, but I know it's going to be helping people. Amen. And that's a young teenage girl that allowed God to lead her. And he led her right where she needed to be. While everybody else had took off. I'm going to say something that sounds kind of silly, but if you live my kind of life, it won't be silly. Have you ever prayed to find your keys when you've lost your keys? 
I don't know how many times. I wasn't married to this, this uh, beautiful woman very long to where I lost my keys one time. And, of course, what am I doing? I'm looking here. I'm looking there. I'm taking something, throwing it across the room. Where's my keys? I can't believe I can't find my keys. I'm, I go run out the car. Look, I look everywhere. And then she says, have you prayed about it? Prayed about it? Of course not. I haven't prayed about it. <laughs> so uh, we prayed about it. And, of course, what happened? I found my keys just like that. Uh, it's a good thing to let the Lord lead you. Just simple things in life can go so much, can go so easy if you just say, Lord, Lord, I'll let you lead me into finding my keys, into taking the right job, into buying the right car, into buying the right house. Lord, I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask you to lead me. So how do you pray to get the Lord to lead me? This is how I pray. You can pray how you want to pray. I'm such a stubborn mule. I'm a, I'm a donkey. I say, Lord, if I'm not supposed to do that, close the door and shut it to where I can't open it. Because you know me, Lord, I'm a donkey, I'm a mule, I'm stubborn-headed, and if I want to do that, I'm going to try, I'll get to that door and I'll pull a cry, a cry bar open and I'll try to pry that thing, pry bar, bar open, I'll try to pry it open and get in there. Close it to where I can't open it. And if I'm supposed to go, open it so I can go right on through. Amen. You're going to have to do it, Lord, because I'm too stupid. Pray for the Lord to lead you. Amen. And he says here, lead me. I'm overwhelmed, lead me. You're turning it all over to the Lord Jesus Christ because it says, lead me to the rock, to the rock that is higher than I. Amen. If you don't know your Bible, you might not realize it, but that rock, that rock is Jesus Christ. Amen. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10, 4, that rock, that rock is Jesus Christ. No doubt about it. If you see the rock in the Bible, that's Jesus Christ. Our Lord and Savior is a rock. That's the rock, the rock. Is what is what's so, so important about a rock? Well, if you're if you're being overwhelmed by a tidal wave of, of uh, it's coming over you, the best thing you can cling on to is a rock. Amen. You can grab a hold of a rock because what's what's so important about a rock? Well, a rock is firm. It's a foundation. It's not going to move. And if you can grab a hold of that rock, the waves will hit you. The waves will hit you, and you can just cling on to that rock. But there's something special about this rock. This isn't just an earthly rock. Look, the rock that is higher than I. Amen. You're not just clinging onto a rock and the waves are hitting you. You can cling onto this rock and climb up on this rock and the waves can't touch you. The rock that is higher than I. Amen. This isn't an earthly rock. This is a heavenly rock. Amen. This isn't a rock that you can... Uh, Go to, and it's so low to the ground that you, to the water that you can grab a hold of it, and the waves are going to hit you and hit you and, and pull you back off. And that can happen. You're going to get on this rock, and then you're going to be able to climb up and get up higher. It's a rock that's higher, higher than I. I'm thankful that this rock's not equal with me. I'm glad that this rock isn't equal with me. It's higher than I. Uh, some of the problems that men have is that when they have problems in their life, they're overwhelmed, they go to the wrong person that's equal with them. They go to a doctor that's equal with them. They go to a, a psychologist that's equal. It, it, they're a man just like you. They go to a pastor. That pastor is a man just like you. They go to a priest. That priest is a man just like you. They go to their mother. Or their, that, that, that mother, that, they're all men. They're, they're, they're human beings just like you. They have their faults. They can give you wrong information. They can give you wrong knowledge. They're just men. This is not that kind of rock. This is a rock that's higher than I. Amen. And I like that. I like that Jesus Christ doesn't think like me, he doesn't act like me, and that he's higher than me. Amen. Amen. A rock that you can climb onto. 
And when you climb onto this rock, verse 3, for thou hast been a shelter for me and a strong tire from the enemy. It's a rock, when you climb onto this rock, it's a rock that has a cleft in it. It's a rock that you can climb into and you can find harbor and you can get out of the rain and you can get out of the wind and you can be protected. It's a shelter. I like to think, of, when I think of this rock, you get up on this rock, it's not a rock that you climb up out of the water that's so overwhelming and get up there and the sun's still beating down on you and the wind's still hitting you and the rain is raining and beating you and you're getting wet and miserable and you're still cold. It says it's a rock that's a shelter. There's a cleft in there like Moses dealt with. Moses wanted to see God's face and God said, I can't let you see my face. I want to see your face. And God said, I tell you what, I'll put you in this cleft and I'm going to walk by and I'll put my hand over there and I'll let you see the back side of me. I'll let you see the back side of me. And the Bible says that when Moses came down from the mountain after seeing God, just the back side of God, his face was shining like glory. Just shining like a light bulb. It, they were so afraid they told Moses, put a veil on, we don't want to see you. Put something over your face, you're You're glowing. This is our God. He's a rock that's higher than us. And I'm thankful for that. He's a rock that's higher than the church. He's a rock that's higher than the Baptist, than the Methodist, than the Pentecostal. He's a, he's a rock that's higher than the Pope. He's a rock that's higher than any pastor, any preacher, any priest. He's a rock that's higher than I. And if you're being overwhelmed and you're overwhelmed in your heart and you have nowhere to go, let the Lord lead you and He's going to lead you to the rock that's higher than I. He's going to lead you to Jesus Christ. And if you can be led to Jesus Christ, you're in the right place. He's there to verse 3, For thou hast been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy. And when you get into this rock of Jesus Christ, the enemy can't touch you anymore. Amen. If you're a Christian in here and you feel like the enemy's being able to get you, it's because you're not with Jesus Christ. You feel like, hey, the enemy is getting me. He's getting me on every hand. Well, get into Jesus Christ. Amen. Get closer to Jesus Christ. We talked about that in Sunday school. There's circles of your Christian life that you're on the outside. You have faith, but you're on the outside. And Jesus Christ is way in the middle with John. And you've got to go through the 500. You've got to go through the 70. You've got to go through the 12 apostles. You've got to go through the chosen three, Peter, James, and John. And when you get to those, through those three, there's one that's right there next to Jesus Christ. That's John the Beloved. That's where you need to be. And if you feel like you're being attacked by the devil, it's because you're on the outside, the outside ring. And he can get you. And he's throwing those fiery darts. But man, when you get closer and closer to Jesus Christ, the devil's having a whole lot harder time getting you. Amen. There's been a shelter for me and a strong tire from the enemy. The enemy is the devil. And I'm going to close by showing you verse 4. I will abide in thy tabernacle forever. That's God's dwelling place. I'm going to abide in heaven forever. Because I was led by God to the rock, Jesus Christ, that's higher than I. Amen. I will abide in that tabernacle forever. I will trust in the covert of thy wings. Amen. Selah. Covert of thy wings. This rock is so high, it's where the eagles fly. And God in the Bible, he's represented, in the Bible he represents himself as an eagle. He said, I'll carry you on eagle's wings. If you can get up in that rock and you'll be up there where the, where the eagles dare 
a very high rock. Nobody can reach you. And you'll have the wings of God to be able to cover you and shelter you. If you're underneath the sound of my voice and you've been, you feel overwhelmed with your sins, which I have in my life, financial burdens with emotional burdens, which I have in my life, you've been overwhelmed with any of these things, I can't stress to you enough to cry out to God and ask through Jesus Christ for him to lead you to the rock that's higher than I. When the Lord led me, when God led me to the Lord, Lord Jesus Christ, the rock that's higher than I, it changed my life. And as I've been overwhelmed in my heart with all these things, I've been overwhelmed with tidal wave after tidal wave that came into my life. In my life. There's one thing, of, one piece of advice was always given to me that always struck home. And me and Sister Alice Martin were talking about it after Sunday school. I had a dear brother in Christ just tell me, when I was very depressed and things were going bad in my life, I had a dear brother in Christ said, you know what you need to do? You need to fall back in love with Jesus. sounds so simple, but it's so profound. I want to be on the inner circle. I want to push and elbow my way through the, through the 500 of faith and through the ones that are serving him and those that have fellowship with him and those that are privileged, Peter, James, and John, and I want to just elbow in. I want to get real close to Jesus Christ. And I want to tell him I love him. And I want him to be happy with me and say, well done, my good and faithful servant. And I want him to take his loving arms and wrap them around me. I want to be so close to Jesus that he can whisper in my ear like he did John. I can't when I live the life I live in this world with the sins that overwhelm me. I've got to give them to Jesus. I've got to climb up on that rock. I've got to go higher. I got to keep climbing higher because he's a rock that's higher than I. Heavenly Father, thank you for your love. Lord, I sure don't deserve to be a minister of your word, Lord God, but you're so kind and gentle and forgiving and merciful, Lord God. You allow me to mess up and keep on preaching, Father, and I thank you for that. Lord, I just pray, Lord God, that uh, your son, Jesus Christ, Lord God, through the Holy Spirit is moving among us, Father, and teaching is preaching and give, teaching to our heart, Lord God, and speaking to our heart, Father, this morning. And Lord, I just pray, Father, there's somebody underneath the sound of my voice that's never received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, Father. They'll, get, they'll come on down here and get saved, Lord. They'll cry out. They'll cry out to you, Father, and cry out to Jesus Christ to save them. Lord, I want to thank you for taking me from the sea of despair, Lord God, and putting me up on a high rock. And Lord, I can see your tabernacle from here, Lord God. I, I can almost taste your tabernacle. I can almost taste heaven from here, Father. And I thank you for the grace you give me, Lord God. Will I get a little glimpse of it? Father, thank you for the answered prayers you've been given in this church, Lord God. Thank you for the salvation you've given every person in this church, Lord God, that's saved. Lord, we can't thank you enough for just you being you. Thank you for leading us. In Jesus Christ's holy name I pray. Amen. Hello friends, this is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church of Indian Gap, Texas. If you'd like to contact us, you can do it at IndianGapBaptist.com. On the internet, it's IndianGapBaptist.com. But I have a question for you. If you died tonight, do you know if you would go to heaven? You know, if you're not sure, let me show you a few verses out of the Bible so you can know if you have eternal life. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, 
that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. So that verse tells us there that you can know you have eternal life. And I want to show you how you can know that. Jesus Christ talked in John chapter 3, verse 16, and most people have heard this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's an amazing verse, of course, talking about how God gave Jesus Christ as a gift to the world. But verse 17 and 18, he went on to say something interesting. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So the whole reason Jesus Christ came into this world was to save you and to save me and you. But in verse 18, he says something that's amazing. He says that he that believeth on him is not condemned. He's stressing a faith. It's putting your faith into Jesus Christ. But he says there in verse 18, But he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So he says you're condemned already if you haven't believed in Jesus Christ. It's not like you're going to go to heaven and you're going to stand before God and you're going to have God put your good deeds on the scale and your bad deeds on on the other side of the scale and he's going to weigh it. And if you've been a good enough person down on this earth that he'll let you into heaven. It doesn't work that way. Jesus Christ is real explicit here to say that you're condemned already. You need a Savior right now. The same chapter down in verse 36, it says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. It goes back to a believe, putting your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But the verse continues, And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. See, it's going on right now. You need a Savior right now. You need to be saved from a devil's hell. Paul sums it up real good here in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, Thou shalt be saved. It's putting your faith in Jesus Christ from the heart. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And then with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's very important to confess Jesus Christ because the mouth shows where the heart's at. And in verse 13 he sums it up. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So friends, as simple as just bowing your head and saying a prayer, something like this. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you can came up from the grave and are alive right now listening to me. I invite you into my heart to save me. Please save me, Lord Jesus. Amen. If you prayed something similar to that, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. And God bless you. And until next time. Casting all your care. Upon him